chance he takes Odds are he won't live to see tomorrow Secret agent man Secret agent man They've given you a number And taken away your name Welcome to Gale Boys, the podcast you're currently listening to. Uh, I'm joined as always by my uh, friend and co-host Liam. Hello, everyone. Hope uh, hope everyone's doing okay. Uh, it's been a weird, weird couple of weeks. I mean, right now, right all I'm thinking right now is uh, just just because uh, you and I we've been watching uh, CPAC. Well, I've been watching most oh, yeah. of it, and. Um, I'm not going to lie, we're watching America become the Balkans now. We've been joking about it on this podcast, but I think it's it's happening. If it's not already in motion, it's going to happen soon. Yeah, we've joked about how, uh, I think when the Salvo episode is about how Trump is, uh, he's running out of sauce, but uh, he's back better than ever. The fucking speech you gave about how the, uh, how uh, America needs its own mega cities, its own freedom cities. And it's like, this is uh, Yugoslavia in 1992. We're approaching the uh, like final end point in the project of uh, the United States. Freedom cities. Let's build How communes. Because like, that works so well for fucking Jonestown. Or, like, it's just... And it's... It, some speeches... like I mean, His speech was hilarious. Because it was like, I want a baby boom. Like, just real childish shit but then you had people go up there was one thing that i saw and it was like we need to eradicate all trans people and then there was a standing ovation and i'm like yeah, that yeah. is troubling that is deeply terrifying yeah michael Knowles is uh one of the daily wire shitheads he's like uh he's like ben shapiro's fucking scriptwriter there's some grinning psycho neo-nazi yeah and he just gets up on stage and quotes fucking uh Heinrich Hammer, like I believe that's um, like one of his uh, speeches he gave about how we need to uh, eradicate Judaism off the face of the earth. He just, he just, he just crossed out Judaism and replaced it with uh, transgenders. I, it is quite enough. fascinating too, because a lot of the more like old school like conservatives didn't go. I know um, um, Mitch McConnell didn't go, and he's and you know I, I get it because. With a lot of these old hardline guys, it was always like you have to couch that shit in language. Like you can be fascist, but you gotta like be careful. You gotta be a, f- you gotta you gotta go at it with a very finite comb, and you know say specific words that don't sound like what you think you're saying. But now it's just full mask off time, and uh, that's probably yeah. terrifying for them. It's like oh boy. Yeah, I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, who's this fucking Reaganite ex-governor of California, had to post a video uh, yesterday telling Republicans to wind the Nazi shit down. And it's like, if you get to the point where he has to do that, then yeah, there's uh, things on yeah, the Again, it's, it's, it's trying to, like, you know, we, we've been doing this shit for years, but we've not been openly saying it, and... Taking the mask off becomes a problem, especially if, again, this is a lot more accelerationist. Like, there are, there are people right now, like, I know in Florida, they, they want you, if you talk shit against uh, the, the governor, you're, you're on a list. It's like if you talk shit about, like, the Chinese government, you're going to be banned from going there. That's basically what they're going to do in Florida, it sounds like. Yeah, you'll be sent to uh, get more. Yeah. Uh, and we found out yesterday that fucking DeSantis, when he was a... Uh like a quote-unquote human uh, rights lawyer working for um, the Navy. He used to fucking go to Guantanamo Bay and just, like, fuck with the people there. Yeah. Just, that... like, watch force feedings and shit. Yeah, that, that's something that a lot of people... I'm sure he's happy no one's brought that up yet. Like, I'm. that's why I'm saying, you know what, Trump... Like, I hope Trump just really fucking... Really goes full hog near the end of this. Because it would be... Because fu- I've said this about Trump. Trump is so stupid that I don't really find him that terrifying people. Like he's, he, he's in that point in his career. He's like how I imagine Hitler was by the end of it. He has created a group that is so fucked up and terrifying that he seems fairly coy by comparison. I don't know if you've ever read about that theory that Hitler was scared of like Himmler and a lot of people in his cabinet. Yeah. Well, uh, like the SS were loyal to Himmler. Like, 
I know they had to take the fucking blood off to Hitler, but if, if it came down to it, Hamler could have easily could Hitler at any yeah. point. He had the fucking manpower for it. Yeah. So. Why, why do you and everyone knew that. Everyone knew that, like, the fucking power behind the throne is actually in charge here. He's oh, the one yeah. fucking you got to watch out for. That's something that I, I have always found fascinating. The dictator creating people who are way more extreme than they are and then realizing like oh boy like it, it is just such a fast and i think trump's in that period now where i mean his speech was like his speech was just kind of he felt kind of gassed in a way watching mm. it he's just tired he's like you people are, are nuts i i mean he just, looks like shit yeah he like looks his, like shit <laughs> he looks like his tan looks like fucking um he looks like you ever seen guardians of the galaxy 2 like the golden people in that like the gold bad guys just looks like that oh yes they that that uh he looks like uh who's that who's that guy from the the trailer for the new film he looks adam exactly, warlock the yeah. fucking uh like, looks twunk like he, they have to fight now looks like he's uh... sweating up a storm like he has no <laughs> cardio it's just yeah i i don't know if he's uh that's why i've said you know we're 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 approach it, it, if it comes down to between desantis and trump i think we're all pro trump because yeah, this trump will Trump doesn't give a shit enough to actually take away human rights, but yeah, I can picture uh, I can picture Trump dying like Lenin. Like uh, I know uh, I joked about comparing him last time, but uh, when Lenin died, apparently his uh, blood pressure was so high his like his skin had basically turned to marble, and that's uh, how I'm picturing Trump's going to die. Like he just fucking he's giving a speech, uh, Mishima style. And his like heart finally goes up, and his body fucking uh, petrifies Game of Thrones style. I would, uh, you compare it to well Lenin, but also I would think uh, John Lennon as well. I picture someone <laughs> shooting him in the back because you know, yeah, Nick Fuentes. Yeah, the, the 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 great dear leader has turned our backs on us, and we must rectify this injustice. Because I, no, yeah, has... uh, it'd be Scott Adams as uh, Mark David Chapman. He's people uh, <laughs> like. Oh, why hasn't the uh, why isn't Trump uh, like uncancelled Dilbert? What's going on here? Oh. I supported you twice, motherfucker. I oh. lost my career for you. I feel like Scott Adams is getting there. He will, if he's not the president, he will kill somebody because oh, yeah. he's heading down a very dark road. And have you seen his house? I have seen his house. I've seen the <laughs> house. Fucking wild. It's something out oh. of like a a Salvador fucking Dali uh, painting. Like just just televisions everywhere everywhere and they're all you know they're all on like fox news or something or is this some really scary like public access channel that run by neo-nazis or something yeah. my favorite is uh it's like the moon spire is shaped like dilbert and it's <laughs> it's like something out of fucking half-life just this massive floating tower that looks like a fucking nightmare I think that's the. I realize how you could get rich off this just dumb comment from the nineties, like. Well, that's a lot of those guys. Why the fuck is Garfield so famous? Yeah, uh, Garfield like, goes though. I'll say he this: Jim Jim Davis hasn't yet threatened to murder black people. There is time, <laughs> but at least he's he's safe now. No, no, I can picture Jim Davis as like he's the good version of Scott Adams. Like Jim Davis just likes to hang out and draw funky cats. He's not really like he's not political. Yeah. Whereas Scott Adams yeah. is like I know he drew um a cartoon was it 2017 or something when Black Lives Matter was kicking off, and it was like Dilbert's first black character, but because the fucking comic was in black and white, uh. Like Ooh. that guy was drawn as drawn as white, and he got uh, like justifiably a lot of shit for that. I, I do find it funny that like after like they had already dropped his his comic after, like even before the whole like outburst and like people were calling like 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 yeah we dropped this comic in like October last year and no one cared, no one gave us any shit, <laughs> nothing like that's gotta hurt if you're on a crusade of how you're a victim and no one's coming to your defense like it's although elon musk apparently is come to his defense i don't know if you saw that tweet but that shit was yeah fucked uh, up like yeah i can imagine fucking musk is literally the only person that finds delbert funny like he looks at that shit and just goes oh, he's just like me this, i believe it this fucking awful human just like office pleb just did you see that fucking um thing on twitter like he was 
bad-mouthing, uh, like, disabled employee. Yep. And he had to backtrack after five minutes. Yep, hundred like, million dollars yeah. down the toilet. I hope it was worth it. I really right, hope sure. it was worth it, Elon, because I hope, God, I hope that guy goes to court and wins, because that's one of those things I'm like, you asshole. Like, it just, and it is like, it, you know, at the same time, there is some catharsis that he is, um, he, he makes his own problems. If he would just shut the fuck up, none of this would be happening to him. If he would just log off his fucking phone, he wouldn't have to deal with any of these problems. But because he, he thinks he has such posting brain that he can just dunk on people. I hope the Saudis just kill him. Just like, <laughs> just like roll him to an embassy, Khashoggi style, and cut him into a million pieces. I was like, oh, where's, uh, where's Elon going to? And the crown prince is like, uh... uh we don't know. Sonam Malenko, welcome to the embassy. And then they pull out a fucking <laughs> a briefcase full of knives and shit. And then just, you but know. The, the official story for that was fucking, you know, like, the quote-unquote official story for that was wild. Because Khashoggi is just some, like, potato man journalist. Yeah. And apparently he started some, like, Mortal Kombat fight with uh, the embassy security guards. And they were forced to kill him. It's an amazing story. Although it is quite funny that, like, again, no one really got in trouble for that. We just murdered a man on our on in our embassy who is visiting here, and no one really got in trouble for that. <laughs> That's yeah. nuts like, to me. I know a bunch of journalists went crazy because one of their own died, but there was no there was no real like consequences for that. Um, like, yeah, we can we can kill, like, US citizens whenever we want. Like, I, mean, considering I know he... Israel did that last week. They, like, they killed some uh, US journalist who was reporting on all the fucking, like, new programs that we're doing. Yeah, and just, yeah, zero fucking response from, uh, well, yeah, that's... from Brandon. No one really brought up that Israel did that recently. Yeah. That's, that's like, wow. like That's some prime shit for people to talk about. And it's just like, well, no one... Move on. We've got other things to do, I guess. Fuck me. That's... Yeah, we've got uh, we've got all these uh, chains to worry about. We've got uh, like a mountain of chains to clear we, up. We've got yeah. to. Uh, we we're gonna make Ohio uninhabitable for the next hundred years. Oh yeah. It's gonna be our Chernobyl. Yeah, we can't have our Chi- we can't have our Chernobyl, so we'll make one ourselves. Yeah, we've got a Chernobyl at home, and it's just uh, <laughs> somehow worse. I'm picturing uh, Ohio becomes like. Uh, Chernobyl from the Stalker games. There's just like roving bands of mutants you have to uh, have to fight. I, I would picture it. Yep, there's a lot of warring factions, a lot of supernatural shit going on. <laughs> like, I, I, I picture that. I, America's kind of already there in some places. It does feel like you're in some weird Stalker universe where just everything is upside down and fucked up and wrong. Yeah, the, the White House becomes the new focal point from Stalker. Where uh, the president is like, do I go into this room and get my wish of the opening the presidency again, or do I just stay here? Mm. So uh, I would just say to close the news segment of this show: if you are a gay or trans man in the U.S., I would make an evacuation plan, probably pretty soon. Run to Mexico or Canada because I feel like shit's gonna get really rough. If half these fucks can go, if if you can get on a stage and say we need to kill all trans people and there's a standing ovation, this is a problem. This is a serious yeah. fucking problem. Yeah, I flee to Mexico and uh, goddamn for the AMLO will uh, support you. Just stay on the that. resorts and you should be okay. That's yeah. Because yep. I, I saw. Uh... I saw Lindsey Graham, the gayest straight man to ever live, is uh, he wants to pass some bill that will allow the government to fucking invade Mexico to like fight the cartels and air quotes like some Sicario two shit. Yeah, as if Almo. Yeah. Fucking... As if Almo isn't like actively like you know he shakes hands with those guys pretty regularly. That's how they don't attack the resorts. In certain uh, places, like I, you know, like you have to have some kind of rapport with. It's like when you're a cop and you work with the mob. Like some businesses have to like begrudgingly shake hands with the mafia so they don't get fucking beat up. I feel it's the same with like him and the cartels. And the cartels practically run that country anyway. So oh, they you, do. You kind of have to do that. You can't like. You can't pull some Sicario shit and declare a shadow war against them. You you don't actually have to let them do whatever the fuck they want or else they will just kill you. So, uh, they, they... Amlo's, just, 
I'm not the only smart one to like. Yeah, I have to like. Yeah, I have to shake hands with these people, or else fucking. And I know he's nationalizing his gas and uh, natural resource stuff, so I feel like he's with me and saying America's about to plunge into chaos over the next couple of years. So I may as well yeah. get ready. If America does invade, that will just be their Ukraine. Like fucking uh, another Mexican army isn't that big, but you will have like the cartels will just side with AMLO, and you will fucking you'll see like fucking severed heads of American soldiers. Bloodbath! Like, It'll be a fucking bloodbath, man. Like you let the cartels, you give them mili- They already have military grade weaponry, <laughs> but if you give them an AOK from the government. It's going to be a fucking nightmare. Like, there will be videos all over the internet of, like, if you Google cartel snitches, it's already pretty fucked up. But then you give them free reign to basically commit murder legally. Oh, fuck. It's going to be a night. Like, that's going to be wild to watch. But uh, speaking of uh, Grand Imperial Ventures, the... uh... The movies we're going to be talking about today. We're trying something different today. We're uh, we're kicking off a series which we've had planned for a while. If you want to uh, introduce that, yes. Yeah, so um, this is going to be a six-part series. We will we are going to uh, do a little bit of a retrospective of the entire Bond franchise from oh, beginning yeah. to end. Uh, we're going specifically by actors and sort of like dissecting their careers and like when the times those films were made and the certain trends that they would follow. Uh, but today we're going to start with, um, we're going to start with Sean Connery's run of the character, but uh, we may as well start from the beginning. Um, Ian Fleming, the man behind James Bond is, uh, has one of the most fascinating life stories I think I've ever read of a, of a writer. It's wild. Yeah, he is. He's kind of like James Bond. Like, he was a fucking uh, spook for the uh, British during World War Two, getting up to some, like, shadow secret agent shit. And then he just retires and writes these fucking, these weird books. Have you ever read any of his books? I've read a couple of them. I've read, I know I read Moonraker, which that will oh, be yes. next episode. The, the, the making of that is nuts. But I did read a couple of them. They're real pulpy, real, like kind of almost like like i've always think of like what if john lacari didn't have class that's essentially <laughs> what his books are because john, like john lacari has a very similar backstory to fleming like they were both spooks for the mi6 they got fucked over and one of them like really took that to heart because you like john lacari's novels are so different from fleming so it's not worth comparing but it is quite fun to see how different the two took very similar like backstories and built their fiction around them i've read all the bond books over the course of a couple of years i read them all in high school back to back before the uh the internet destroyed my ability to read but uh i've listened to the um like the audio books you can like catch them on youtube they're all like 11 hours long for some reason but uh the books are interesting because they'll just like moonraker you just mentioned that starts off with uh Bond and M going to a card game to see if some guy is cheating at cards and it ends with a fucking nuclear missile pointed at one. Amazing. <laughs> so funny. Like that's kind of the thing. I, I like the books is they are very much sixties pulp. They're very much like fifties, sixties pulp spy stuff. Like kind of like before the Cold War made everything deeply serious and scary. Like and that's kind of what I think makes the um the actual like Connery films so interesting is because like they are the products of that Cold War era paranoia of like nuclear war with Russia is possible any day now. Yeah, uh, Connery's films are interesting because uh, the books are based off uh, like varying quality. I quite enjoy um, the book from Russia of Love. Because that is just a straight up spy story, and then you get to fucking uh, you all love twice which ends in a fucking, like, Japanese death garden, and the bad guy is dressed in some fucking samurai armor. They're fucking insane. Oh, man, no, uh, and, then, and then we have, uh, then, then it ends with uh, the man with the golden gun for the book. Oh, that shit hell is yeah. Just, that shit is just off the rails. Like, that's, I would say that that's one of my favorite ones to read, because it's just so fucking out there and fucking nuts. 
And yeah, um, Bond has been a MK altered by the Russians, and uh, <laughs> like when he snaps out of it, the way he takes revenge is to go kill some uh, like gay assassin that works for them. It's fucking wild. I, I do love that how different these books differ from the films because none of that happens in the actual Man with no. the Golden Gun. None of that shit happens. Uh, and there is some of that with um, with a lot of the Connery films is that they're they're very much. Um, I would say the Connery uh, films are the most faithful to the books. Uh, Doctor No is pretty much a straight up adaptation. Yep. Uh, I know uh, the inclusion of Spectre is um, is like the only sort of deviance from the book, but it is like a and the way Doctor No dies yeah. in the book, he gets crushed by like a mountain of bird shit. Which is uh, very amusing. <laughs> I do love that they also kept the weird Fu Manchu because I know in oh, the book yeah. it's in, he openly says it was inspired by Fu Manchu, and I don't know if he's fully like it, the makeup is definitely pushing it on that actor. It's it's very oh it's uh, yeah it's definitely pushing it. There's a little bit of plausible deniability, but yeah, you yeah. can tell they're going for some weird like squinty eyes asian shit with some of that do you know who was uh initially supposed to play that character oh god who uh no coward oh wow but no coward uh very quickly turned it down oh what wow. that would have been weird as hell if that had happened oh. yeah because uh one of my favorite conspiracy theories is that uh fleming and no coward were fucking behind the scenes <laughs> like they were very close personally oh i believe and... that yeah yeah, I, I mean, know. No Coward definitely has a lot of bisexual energy. If you look at any oh, picture yeah. of him, there's that one where he's dressed like Bond in the white tux, smoking a cigarette. You're like, yeah, that guy probably said to dudes as well. He couldn't, uh, he couldn't be openly gay. He's kind of like Truman Capote, where like everyone knows he's gay. He just can't say it because that will fuck you. Like, yeah, that will wind you up in prison. Yeah, the guy, so, shocking, the guy who wrote Breakfast from Tiffany's might be slightly gay. Yeah, that's that it. movie's fucking mode. Oh uh, man, that movie! If Ricky Rooney was not in that movie, it'd be perfect. That's just one of those like decisions that just ruins an like an otherwise perfect film is just fucking ruined by this one decision. I'm occasionally, um, if I'm bored, I'm occasionally watch just clips of him from the movie, <laughs> and uh, oh man, oh Jesus, time. that's so fucked up. But uh, no, we're going back to uh, Doctor No. It's 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 sort of fun to watch Doctor No as a um, as a sort of a trial run because that's how I've always felt Doctor No as as a movie. It's a fine film, but like compare that to like From Russia with Love, and it's just it's just nothing in comparison. It's it's still a it really does feel like a trial run. And one of my favorite parts of of Doctor No is Alfred Hitchcock was the first person they picked to direct oh, yeah. it, and there isn't. I wish to God that had happened, because if you've seen North by Northwest, that's basically his Bond movie. Yeah, as much as I love North by Northwest, I really want to love in the alternate universe, but it's him directing Cary Grant as James Bond or some shit, or oh, Jimmy that... Stewart. I would say Cary Grant would be a better pick. I mean, with Jimmy Stewart would probably be best in um, in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, fuck which, yeah. Spoiler alert, that's the last episode of this series, because that's I think that's you and I's favorite Bond film, and that's going to get its whole it's episode. the best. Yeah. yeah, it's going to get its whole episode. So if you're wondering, why did you skip uh, George Lazenby? It's coming. Don't worry. Yeah. It's Christopher Nolan's favorite movie as well. Oh, so it's Soderbergh's. Because he's constantly referencing it. It's Soderbergh's favorite as well. He says, oh, yeah. I think he called it the only Bond film worth rewatching. <laughs> that's, 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 I, I mean... He's not wrong. Uh, a current thread uh, we'll probably get into is these movies uh, vary in terms of quality. Oh, like, yeah. they're either really good or just dog shit. Oh, yeah, no. Like, yeah. I kind of view these as uh, this franchise as, like, the Star Wars movies, where there's, like, 50 of them and only, like, five movies are actually good. Doctor Knows great, but it's pretty creaky because it's got that, like... Again, it's a little too ambitious for the time, and it's. Yeah. But then you get to From Russia with Love, which is just a pitch perfect, low key spy thriller about back rooms and like there's that Robert Robert Shaw is just built like a brick shit house in that movie. Fucking great! Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, yeah. I fucking love that movie. It's so. 
Although it is completely nuts. Like, there's that weird thing where the gypsies are, are cage fighting for some reason. You're like, why is this here? This is another thread of uh, Fleming's books slash movies is the weird uh, racial elements to them. And uh, we'll probably get into this more next episode with Roger Moore. Oh, but uh, Fleming really doesn't like uh, large groups of people. My favourite is, um, is in From Russia of Love. Where in the book Rosa Queb is just like a straight out lesbian, like it's explicitly said that she's like into girls. Yeah, he's a uh, he did not care for the gays apparently. I do know. Um, I'm, I do know. One of my favorite things about researching the book itself was um, John F. Kennedy loved this book, and oh, I'm yeah. like, obviously he did. Of course he fucking did. I mean, <laughs> lesbianism, murder, weird anti-Russian shit. It's like hell yeah, he loved this fucking thing. The book to the movie translation is weird because again, it's um, it's just the Russians or the bad guys and that they're like they're up to devious shit. Whereas, uh, like the main bad guy Connery's movies is some like wacky evil organization led by fucking Doctor Evil. Yeah, no, that, just, that, uh, that's the weird part about um, about the character of Blofeld. He just shows up in so many different of these movies and he always and they're always like different because the actor keeps changing as well because i know in the russia with love it's uh, anthony dodson who is um anthony was dodson, in, yeah he was uh, in and dr no yeah he's in dr no he worked with hitchcock on a bunch of movies there's another hitchcock connection for you but then it's like then it goes to like donald pleasance and i i know tally savalas plays him at one point like that that actor the actor for that character just keeps changing over and over again yeah, and that's part of the books uh, Blofeld is supposed to be like, because there's this arch criminal, he has to change his appearance constantly. Yeah. I think in uh, The World of Twice, he has like a fucking Fu Manchu moustache, and he's like changed his appearance to the point where he's like, Bond he's... almost doesn't recognise him until he hears his voice. Like, ah, oh, fuck, is this guy. That's great. He's a fucking asshole. I do love that. I love the... Again, and it's kind of funny, if you watch From Russia With Love, we bring up Dr. Evil, but it is, like, how much, like, that that movie, like, really does take from those first three films. And after, if you've watched, like, like let's say, like, that first Austin Powers movie, then you watch, like, From Russia With Love, you see so many of those character archetypes in it, and it's kind of hard oh. to take them seriously after that. Yeah, Bond is one of those franchises that, like, even if you haven't seen the movie, you just sort of, like, imbibe them through osmosis. Yeah. Like, I saw, I saw Austin Powers in the cinema when it came out. I don't know how, how I managed to pull that off. I, just, I think I just snuck in my nose looking. I had seen some Bond movies at that point, but I hadn't seen Yule of Twice. And I was like, uh, who is this fucking, who is this, like, wacky Dr. Evil character? Like, what's this fucking game? Then I watch, uh, I watch uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and it's like, oh, it's that guy. Well, I mean, yeah. also, like, you bring that up, like, like, uh, You Only Live Twice is the Bond film that that movie curbs from the most, because the volcano uh, layer, the fucking weird obsession with, like, weird death traps and shit, like, there's so much that. Of that fucking volcano layer is insane. I think it's, I think it's still, like, the most expensive set ever made, like, a million dollars at the time. There's a couple of those. I know Caligula has one of like the most oh, yeah. expensive sets ever, which is if you've never seen Caligula, the scene where they pimp out all the wives on a giant boat. Oh yeah, fucking. Uh, it's been years since I've seen that, but uh, yeah, the... those sets are so fucking. They're just buried into my brain. The, the... My favorite is uh, it's like the Don Moore death trap that cuts people's heads off. My favorite is uh, Titus's uh, sex grotto. Where it looks like something, again, out of a Salvador Dali painting. There's like, he yells more conviction, fuck harder. Mm. That's basically what he means. <laughs> I'm convinced uh, Pure Two was actually drunk in the sale. But... He had to have been. Oh. Have you seen the movie? Like, there's a, dude with a, <laughs> there's a dude with an ass on his stomach that cut a dude's dick off. I'm like, yeah, I'd have to be drunk to get through this shoot, too. Which, uh, by the way, that's a teaser episode because they just announced there is a yeah, 4K, 4K restoration <laughs> And I am very excited because I'm apparently it include the trailer includes scenes I've never seen before. So I'm very excited for that to come yeah. into fruition. Yeah, the whole backstory of that is uh, is worth an episode by itself because there's so much unused footage. 
yeah. like but a fucking uh tinto brass just came in and like yeah cut this that and this yeah. and then uh, he left had some porno scenes here no he left because he didn't want the yeah, porno scenes the porno. Yeah, yeah. gore vidal wrote the first draft and then fucked off when tino brass came in it's it's amazing it's wild how uh tinto brass is the uh the salon kitty guy but he left he wouldn't tolerate this uh penthouse porno well, sallow kitty is uh despite being a complete sleaze exploitation fast does have some stuff to say like there is a uh, message to it caligula's just all right orgies that's yeah, it porn. pretty much just pornography gorvidal's initial script it was supposed to be like a dark satire of uh of rome and i know in the um the new 4k restoration it's using footage that there's still some like nude scenes in it but it is like what the movie was supposed to be so i'm yeah. quite interested at, in that at the same time though i really hope they do include the, the penthouse cut because that's the version oh, yeah. i've seen and it's just, there's so many images of that movie that are just forever implanted in my mind yeah i saw um i think it was like a gq you know those uh gq videos where they uh they like interview actors about the most favorite movies and uh, McDowell said that Kill Like Your Love was like the one movie he uh, regrets doing. And it's like, you did fucking Hobo on Six, you asshole. <laughs> fucking. It's you did up. fucking Tank Girl. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. I know Helen Mirren just won't talk about it. She has more <laughs> She has more to defend, though, than Malcolm McDowell does, I feel mm -hmm. like. Because she's, you know, she knows repeated. She, she does the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover, which is, you know. But uh, going back to Bond real quick, sorry, but we're, we're, we were both hyped as hell when we heard Caligula 4K was happening, so we had to vent about that. Bond is interesting because it's a super, uh, like, macho uh, erotic franchise, and uh, Bond's, like, especially in the Connery movies, he's just, like, bedding women left, right, and center, but the movies are surprisingly tame compared to the books. Oh, yeah, no. Like, I get it, it's that 60s... Uh... Like the the new Hollywood era isn't here just yet, where we can just start throwing sex and violence in all our movies. Like the late sixties is when everything really does change. But it's kind of funny how these movies don't really like. You would think after the seventies they could just go full hog, and they really don't. Like we, it doesn't get till Dalton to where these movies really oh, start to yeah. grow some fucking teeth, and it's we'll get to that when we get to it. But man, oh man, I've got some shit to say about li uh, License to Kill in general. Yeah, License to Kill what. Uh... I know that's uh, your favorite one and um, one of my friend's favorite ones because it is just like it's, it's, pure 80s shock. It's the one that I revisit the most. I think uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service is the best film overall, yeah. but my personal favorite, regardless of quality, is License to Kill. Because it's oh, yeah. just like, again, it's it's less a Bond movie and more like a Joel Silver fucking 80s coke-fueled action extravaganza. It's fucking amazing. It's also GoldenEye is my personal favourite because not just because that was the first movie I saw, but in terms of like raw quality, the way Martin oh, yeah. Campbell directs that is oh, so yeah. fucking tight. Well, the, 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 and we will get into it. Uh, the fuck Margaret Thatcher angle of that movie is <laughs> delicious. Oh fuck, <laughs> so good. Yeah. But uh, no, going back and then so after from Russia with Love, uh, which is a just I think top five. I, I would put that in my top five. Either. That's so good. Um, you have Goldfinger, which is where I think the series really becomes what it's going to be for the next 40, 50 years. Yeah, all the uh, the tropes are there. You have oh. to be uh, like over-the-top bad guy with the stupid plot. You've got the henchman with the uh, gimmick. Yeah. Uh, you've got the fucking car with the guns. Like All the stuff you know from Bond comes from that movie. Yeah, a pussy, my name is Pussy Galore. That's like, <laughs> wow. That's one of those, like, and then his line after that is even better. He just says, I must be dreaming. Uh, like, it is so fucking... Like, that movie's ridiculous, man. It is just ridiculous. Because you find out what the plot, uh, what the villain's plot is. He's going to rob Fort Knox so the price of gold goes up. Which, uh, that makes no... Going to, uh, he's going to nuke Fort Knox. So his, uh, like, he's working with the Chinese to destroy Fort Knox. So his own, like gold value skyrockets which is like i'm not sure how that works but okay it's just yeah it's yeah. one of those it's one of those fucking like, this is ridiculous man this movie is fucking <laughs> ridiculous because it's like that there's the famous do you expect me to talk no mr bond i expect you to die and then he leaves yeah. the room 
And I just keep thinking back to that Austin Powers joke where it's like, aren't you going to watch him die? No, I'm just going to shut the door and assume everything went according (laughs) to plan. What's wrong with that? Uh, I know people like to uh, retroactively shit in the Austin Powers movie, but that first one is... clever as hell. I still insist it's very good. It's very good. It's funny. It's it's clearly written by someone who has seen all of these movies and has taken them to heart. Fucking Goldfinger is just just nuts. It's yeah. it's wild, like because that one shot where the woman's painted in gold and like, how does that work? I have no idea. But yeah, I know a Mythbusters tried to recreate that, and apparently you can't do that. So yeah, one is interesting because it's like it's kind of realistic, but also completely over the top and nonsensical at the same time. Like it might as well just be an alternate universe where people are. The key I called uh, Pussy Galore and Goldfinger and shit. <laughs> but uh-huh. it is, it's just so, like, again, I, I, that movie is just, I love the the character of Odd Job is, is also kind of fascinating. Is that the uh, throwing hats at people? That is the throwing uh, hats at people guy, yeah. But, I know on I know in the GoldenEye uh, N64 game, picking that character is just an instant win. Yeah, because he has... He is, like, he has, he's significantly shorter than all the other characters and his hitbox is fucking is impossible to, to get hold I also, of. Also his hat instant kill. You throw the hat instant, instant kill. fucking kill. It's bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Uh, but uh, real quick before we get keep going into Bond, I want to bring this up. So Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, for those who don't know <laughs> about... Because you really can't talk about Ian Fleming without bringing this up. So in between... His his Bond uh, his Bond books. He decided to write a children's book. It's a short, forty six page book about a magic car, and Eon Productions, the Broccoli family, decided to turn it into a fucking tens of millions of dollars roadshow epic. It's interesting because um, I know uh, Roald Dow was uh, like originally supposed to do it, and he had this like back and forth with Fleming. Like I know um. Dal wrote your love twice, which you can tell because uh, that movie is probably the most like whimsical of all the uh, the Connery movies. But yeah, uh, Chitty Bang Bang is fucking weird because it's it's like Dick Van Dyke basically has a Bond car, like he can fucking fly. Like he uh... he creates these like Rube Goldberg machines <laughs> to make breakfast and shit. Uh, Benny Hill's in this fucking movie. Yeah. Goldfinger connection. Uh, Goldfinger himself is the villain who likes to kidnap children for some reason. Hell yeah! And they help coup a government. They full. They told a whole revolution coup against the government at the end of the movie. I wish I could go back in time and have that be like the Q and on movie. The child catcher was part of the uh, of uh, the Junochrome Deep State or whatever. It's as ridiculous as actual QAnon lore. So it's, yeah. I mean, God, that movie's not like, because then you find out the whole movie is just him telling a story at the fucking beach. <laughs> like it's like the whole movie may as well be a fucking dream sequence, which I mean, <laughs> yes. It's like that fucking episode of The Simpsons where the uh, lemon tree gets stolen and Grandpa's uh, <laughs> telling the story behind it. <laughs> That's, Shut up! That's um. I also, I also just God damn it. My favorite is the the scary man who the candy man who goes children come and get your lollipop and he yeah. like, has a cage in the back of his fucking thing where he keeps kids. It's like what the fuck? Yeah, that's uh, that's John Podesta, but instead <laughs> of the uh, candy, it's pizza. Oh, you're, you know what? You're right. This is a QAnon film. Because, I mean, it, it really does, like, they go in, like, the cavern and there's, like, children hiding and shit from the evil king, German king. Yeah, fucking, uh, the king is just some, like, wacky German and he's surrounded by all these, like, these, like, fucking Nazi pedophiles and it's, like, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang isn't a good movie in the conventional sense, but it is worth watching because oh, I'm yeah. fucking... Wild eyes. It's also got that like that. I say it's a road show. It's got that like in that period of like the late '60s, where it was just you had all these like extremely lavish productions. Yeah, all right. like like tens of millions of dollars, which was a lot of money back in those days. Just massive sets, huge costumes. Those are always like at least kind of fun to to revisit because yeah. they're that my kind personal of... favorite from uh, that time period is um 
it's like a plane competition. Like a bunch of people are inventing like wacky planes to fly around in, and um, Goldfinger is in that. It's like this World War One uh, count. He's like decked out in a fucking German military uniform, and he's wow. flying a like red baron plane that has uh, missiles attached. That sounds awesome. About. That sounds awesome. I'm gonna watch that. But anyway, uh, going back to uh, to Bond. So. Uh, then Thunderball, which is another uh, completely fucked movie. Uh, my favorite is uh, the, the theme song's hilarious. I don't know if you've ever. It's all these like it's like the first Bond movie to have an actual like theme song because that's when like these movies start really becoming. They're starting to become big things. So they hired Tom Jones to do the theme song, and it's fucking hilariously bombastic for no reason. Yeah, it's also the first Bond song where the lyrics just don't make any sense, like. <laughs> Is Thunderball a person? Is it some like weapon? What's going on here? Yeah. But um, Johnny Cash was really uh, supposed to sing that, and oh there was like um, there's yeah there's a like a two part compilation of like could have been Bond songs, and they're fucking weird. Uh, Johnny Cash doing Thunderball. My personal favorite is um, Ace of Base. Almost did the theme tune to Goldeneye. And uh, it's it's wildly different than what we got. Wow, that's that's fucking nuts. But yeah, no, uh, Thunderball's kind of one of the more like that's one of the first like real mid Bond movies. It's just yeah, it's yeah. the only interesting thing in it is the guy who has a shark in his pool. Oh, hell I yeah. thought that was cool as shit as a kid. I'm like, I want a shark in my pool that I could just throw yeah. people in and have it eat them to death. Yeah, that's uh, Adolfo Cherry is the bad guy in that, and you will know him from like very weird uh, Italian art house movies. He's in a Danger Diabolic, basically yeah. playing the same character. That's, uh, that's another like that unofficial name. Bond film. That kind of feels like... <laughs> no, that's like Mario Bava's audition for a Bond movie, because I rewatched it a few months ago, and that movie's fucking awesome. That's yeah. just Mario Bava with like the most money he ever had doing a secret agent movie, and it's awesome. It makes me wish yeah. Mario Bava yeah. did a Bond movie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Diabolic is basically, like, the Italian Bond. He's some, like, wacky spy of an underground lawyer who just, like, he just, like, fucks with people. Like, the entire point of that movie is, is he's just, like, fucking with the Italian government. It's great. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, Thunderball's kind of, like, whatever. It's it's really not that interesting. But then um, what happens is that Connery doesn't want to come back. For uh, obvious reasons, because, like... I would say Connery was... I wouldn't say he's, like, the first big movie star, but he is, like... He's one of the biggest names on the planet. He's just being hounded constantly. Um, you all have twice when he was filming in Japan. Yeah, no, no, I'm thinking, of, like, I'm thinking of Diamonds Are Forever, excuse me. Yeah, no. Oh, hell yeah. He only lived twice is just... That's, the, that's when the Bond really starts to chase trends at this point. Because, like, 60s Yakuza films are becoming a thing now. So it's like, oh, let's just go to Japan. Let's just film in Japan. And, uh, yeah, no, this is... Um, that Ronald Dahl wrote the script for that. Like, that, he has a full screenwriting credit for that movie. And um, it's... it's There's a lot of Ronald Dahl influences in that. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'd say it's uh, not the most over-the-top of uh, Connery's uh, Bond films. Diamonds Are Forever takes that biscuit by a mile. But it is, like... It's one of the most fantastical because you have the fucking giant volcano layer. You've got the fucking piranha pits. The bad guy is some fucking like Donald Pleasance is fucking like he's so weird in that movie. Oh yeah, he's just such a weird guy. He's a weird actor in general. You know, everyone knows him for his uh, work with uh, Carpenter, but he has been he was a, he did some strange movies. Like he did. I don't know if you've ever seen Puma Man. yeah you know about that Uh, because there was that period where Donald Pleasance was I don't know if he owed money to somebody but he started to go do movies like Bruno Mattei and like real like schlocky scumbags I think he just comes from that school of acting where acting is a job yeah and if someone approaches you to do something you just uh, do it uh, my favorite is when he played uh himmler in uh, the eagle Hell yes. i don't know if you've ever Hell seen yes. that that's that's a weird piece of casting yeah he's uh he kind of looks like him but at the same time uh yeah that's such a weird movie i uh i was watching uh colombo 
uh, recently, like every Sunday in Britain is Colombo Day for some reason. They would just like show a bunch of it on TV. And it was the episode he appeared in. He's like a wine guy. He like runs a wine distillery. And he kills his brother because he's threatening to shut the business down. And it's a rare appearance of the uh, of the American accent for presents. Like he's only ever done that twice in the fucking 500 movies he's done. Well, you know, Peter Falk is a national treasure, so I understand why there's a Columbo Day. I get it. I get it. Yeah, but You Only Live Twice is um, is so weird. And that to me is when Bond really starts to chase trends because, again, uh, Japanese filmmaking was, it was starting to get noticed because that was like that golden age with like Ozu, Kurosawa, these, um, these brilliant uh, auteurs just sort of really making these really wild and uh, game-changing movies. So makes sense for them to try to chase that and then he takes a couple of years off because he doesn't want to do bond anymore and for diamonds are forever he got a quarter of a million dollars <laughs> no he got a million and a quarter dollars that's the most an actor had ever been paid yeah. to do a single film that's insane for one of the dumbest fucking movies i've ever seen just <laughs> some of the shit and that is just the helicopter? what the fuck were they thinking the fucking uh. helicopter shit the the fucking like it's just yeah that one's just i like he wants to destroy washington dc with a with space a giant, laser yeah powered by diamonds and it's like <laughs> why I, not I use that's... batteries man fucking yeah. jesus like why does it yeah. have to be diamonds <laughs> that's when the uh films really start diverting from the books because the book to um well, they've Diamonds run out of forever. books, most of them. They've run out of books. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, when people forget, like, despite there being over 25 Bond films, there's only, a, like, maybe um, a, a dozen or so books, maybe less. It's like Game of Thrones eventually just stopped running out of material when you have to invent shit. That's when you get, like, fucking, uh, like, Tomorrow Never Dies, but they're just like, oh, what's going on now? Uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, Rupert how... Murdoch's being evil. We'll do that. That's how you get. That's how you get die another day, which we will get to. That is, <laughs> I am like of everything we're gonna do in this series. I am going to. We're just gonna talk about that movie for an hour. Uh, it's one of the most just baffling films I've ever seen. Just so many decisions in that movie make no fucking sense. It was like a Bond, uh, not retrospective because it was like it's it's grand anniversary and Star uh, Wars was um reshowing the movies like once every week and i went to go see die another day in like a packed cinema and uh i think i was i think i was the only one laughing through it just uh you, you have to laugh for that movie there's shit in that movie that just oh my god just we'll get to it when we get to it but yeah. uh yeah but yeah the, no diamonds are forever is just exact same plot as well they both have a diamond-powered. Uh, that's the problem. Yeah, that's why I was. That's why I was taking a moment. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, yeah, they are basically the same movie. Like, yeah, the fucking uh, the volcano the bad guy is constantly changing his face. Yeah, there's a uh, fucking weird. He's fucking Charles Gray and uh, Diamonds Are Forever, like the uh, the narrator from Rocky Horror Picture Show for some reason. Oh Jesus, yeah, no, uh, Charles Gray. I love when you look at these actors. You're like, wow, these guys had weird careers. Some of these people who played in some of these movies. But yeah, no, Diamonds Are Forever is just sort of a completely just. It's. It's almost worth watching just to gawk at how fucking stupid it is. Mm. It really is because, like, there's like the the fucking the fucking plane that he flies in that movie. <laughs> oh my god, just just ridiculous, man! Just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It's also got the uh, the inclusion of the first uh, canonically uh, gay characters in the assassins. Yeah, uh, Mister Wint and Mister Kid. Yes. Fucking um, was it Julius? What's his face? Grover, um, thingy, Grover's dad. Uh, fuck, can't remember his name. Been drinking too much. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna bother me now. He's in Charlie's Angels and a bunch uh, of Crispin shit. Glover. Uh, yeah, Crispin Glover's okay. dad is um, one of the gay assassins in that. Oh man, that's that's amazing. That's that's just I did. Wow, I mean, it makes sense. But also, real quick, I do want to bring up um, Never Say Never Again because that movie is <laughs> yeah, yeah, that movie is a weird weird it, it's it's sort of the black sheep of the because i don't know if it's actually considered canon 
because no, you can no. still buy it. Like if you go on like to rent one of these movies, it has a completely different box art from the rest of them because they all have like that same box art, but this one's just does not have the same. Connery looks so old in this movie. Like that was my first takeaway. I was like, man, you're you're too old to be doing this. I don't know how old he was, but it, it, the years are catching up to him, and it's you know. You, you see the yeah. wear and tear more in that one. And I find it funny, like his post-Bond career, Connery, is so fascinating. Because, you know, we talked, he does Zardoz at one uh, point. He does, um, have you ever seen um, The Offense? Yeah, the um, the movie where he's a cop. And uh, the entire, it's a little QAnon movie because the bad guy's on pedophile. No, it's, it's, it's a it's basically a psychological horror film dressed as a cop movie. Because, uh, like, him and Trevor Howard have, like, a 30-minute monologue where they're talking about... Like, he comes home after beating a man to death, and he's, like, he tells his wife, I, like, found this girl dead in the side of the road. And he's like, let's see why you don't love me, because I can't tell you how I feel. It is a very dark, fascinating character study of a movie. It's it's really worth a while. It's a heavy, it's a heavy fucking movie, but it's a very yeah. intense watch. Then he does Highlander 2, everyone's favorite Highlander uh, movie. <laughs> he does Highlander 1, which is already... He's playing a Spaniard, for fuck's sake. Oh, <laughs> God. So, uh, a Bridge Too Far. That one's... I love that movie. It's way yeah. too long, but it's great. Uh, I, uh, Robert and Mary... I fucking and, love Highlander. I like, love Highlander as you, well. You've got a Belgian playing a Scot, an American playing a Russian, and to fucking, like... Connery, some Egyptian, yeah. some like Egyptian assassin. Oh, fucking on, Queen man. does the theme song. <laughs> That's one of the fucking. There's a picture of him and Christopher Lambert side by side, and now that I know that picture exists, I'm the happiest man in the world. It's like, you know, he's blind. Christopher Lambert. His whole like, career. He's... No, yeah, yeah, his entire career, like. Apparently he can barely see, like he needs glasses. He's wow. just like, yeah, give give him a sword to swing at people. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucked up. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's really, really fucked. That's interesting. <laughs> but I do think uh, Connery's golden era comes post um, Indiana Jones. Well, it starts with the Untouchables. And oh, yeah. then, it, then it's like just bangers after that. I mean, Highlander 2, sure. But then you have like Indiana Jones 3. You have The Rock. Stuff like Entrapment. Yeah, The, the Rock. Rock. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's unofficially a Bond movie. I yeah. firmly believe he's just playing Bond in that movie. Yeah, it might as well be because he has like a cold name and uh, he's just like Bond and everything. He went, like yeah, he went rogue. He's in pre- He went to prison and shit. Like, of course, the CIA doesn't want him out there. You're, 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 losers whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom fuck queen. The prom, yeah. That's one of my favorite yeah. lines of any action movie. My favorite uh, nice Connery movie is still Finding Forrester. That's pretty good. Yeah. He's just some teacher, and it has uh, it's one of my favorite lines in any movie. Uh, You're the man now, dog. <laughs> Mine's uh, punch the keys for God's sake. Punch <laughs> the keys for God's sake. <laughs> oh, that's a, yeah, that's a, it's a cute movie. It's not a, it's not really, it's a, it's a good movie. It's a very quiet. There's not a lot of easy answers to it, but it's a very well acted kind. Of, that was when Gus Van Sant was actually a real yeah, filmmaker. Was... Actually, gave a shit about entertaining an audience. Yeah. There. Before they decided to take the Chad and remix cycle, he gets and, the palm uh, door. Up, he yeah. gets the palm door for Elephant. And everything goes downhill from there. <laughs> he does this art house movie about Columbine, and he just tries to recreate that the rest of his fucking career. People tend to forget that like getting an award isn't exactly like a guaranteed uh, good thing. Like no. you know, um, everyone's talking about like. I'll give Michelle Yeoh the Oscar this year, and it's like that's not exactly like a guaranteed career boost. Of like, look at fucking Jared Leto, he won the uh, was the best supporting actor for um, Dallas Buyers Club, and then what is he doing? Fucking Morbius uh, Suicide Squad. Just yeah, it's a, it it would it would be nice to see her get some recognition, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a real. It's not going to help her in the long run. I mean, that's nah. the sad part. It's It didn't uh, help fucking Will Smith, anyway. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> uh, the anniversary of that's coming up. My favorite moment of that whole thing was when he's crying on stage. I want to thank Denzel Washington. And then Denzel <laughs> just slunking in his chair. I'm like, you leave your, you keep your, my fucking name out your mouth, buddy. 
You leave me out of this. Like, I tried watching uh, Chris Rock's new Netflix special, and it's like an hour and a half long, and half of it he is just bitching about the slap. Like, this is completely unwatchable. Yeah, yeah, it's a... Uh, dude, just just deal with it. Like We're Going back to... um quickly to uh, never say never again it's not a official eon production which is why it's considered sort of non-canon like they were doing octopus around about the same time and they're like barely better at the box office which is why there isn't a sequel to never say never again but it's like as a remake to thunderball it's fucking it's fucking wild man we've got max von Sydow there uh uh Kim Basinger is the Bond girl. Edward Fox. Like half the age of fucking Sean Connery. Yeah, Edward uh, Fox is like one of the few movies Edward Fox has been in. That guy's got a weird career as well. I can't remember when Dia the Jackal was uh, approximate to that. That's another movie I have to do at some oh, point. Oh man, that, 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 uh, we'll get into the connection of that and Bond because uh, Moore was offered that role and like to the, I'm like that would have been the worst movie I ever had born. Yes. The Jackal. Yeah. But uh, no, I love that. Yeah, but uh, no, Never Say Never Again is so... It's such a weird oddity. And it's also funny because Irvin Kirshner is the director. He's yeah. is like... He's sort of like the unofficial king of sequels because he... Yeah. The Empire Strikes Back, Robocop 2. Two. Yeah. Um, he's in On Deadly Ground. He has a cameo, the Steven Seagal oh, yeah. movie. He's... Uh... <laughs> I always thought that was hilarious that Steven Seagal was like, get me Irvin Kirshner for a cameo. <laughs> like, he knows who Irvin Kirstner is by name. Or maybe he was just there on set and like, hey, I liked uh, Above the Law. Maybe I'll show up for a minute. Yeah, fuck, he's like, uh, he's like the inverse Hitchcock. Instead of turning up in these old movies, he'll just appear in movies he has nothing to do with. I know he's, yeah. uh, I know he's in Last Temptation of Christ. He has a camera on that oh, yeah. as well. That's fucked. <laughs> I think yeah, it's but... worth at least a watch, just because it's so... It's such a weird... Again, Connery is 52 years old when he does this movie, and he looks... It, he looks that age when he's doing it. It's quite it's quite weird. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a good movie. Uh, my favourite part of that was um, he's challenging uh, uh, fucking uh, the bad guy close Maria Brando to, uh, to a video game. Like instead of a stereotypical poker game or background, we get some like some fucking uh, space invaders game halfway through this mirror. That's just that's 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 again Bond chasing trends because it's eighty three. Yeah. Like space invaders, Tetris, that shit's out now, so we gotta chase that. Yeah. That becomes very rough in the more films when we get into that next. Those are uh... those movies are the, some of those entire movies are made just because one movie was successful and we need to capitalize on it now. I'm still like three uh, more movies are just like exploitation genre movies. Pretty much. Just like, oh, what's, what's popular now? Uh, uh, Shaft. Let's do Shaft. Let's do Fuck Shaft. Let Star Wars became a huge hit. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Moonrakers. My God. I just, we could do a whole episode on that movie. To wind things down, speak of Steven Seagal, I know he got um, the Russian Medal of Friendship or something, like Order of Friendship. <laughs> it's like Putin gave him a medal for the the good work he's been doing over there recently. He's, uh, I imagine he's doing that sniper special ops, just sitting in the fucking <laughs> chair, sniping Ukrainians. That's what I think he's doing. Oh, yeah. That's what I want to believe he's doing. I don't know what else he'd be doing. What is he giving them pep talks? I mean, what's a pep he's... talk from Steven Seagal sound like? He's teaching them how to do a, uh, like the Steven Seagal equivalent of Taekwondo, where you just like slap someone and they fall down. <laughs> oh. uh, there's the fuck. There's fucking. Uh, there's martial arts videos on Wild because you can clearly tell like his opponent is being bought off behind the scenes, and if he doesn't fucking roll off that, he's just going to be killed. He hasn't made a movie in uh, since 2019, so I'm I'm hoping for one more Steven Seagal film before uh, he leaves this mortal coil. Yeah, he needs a uh, he needs like a magnum opus to go out on. He needs like a Under Siege three or something. He needs to, to write on. and direct it. He needs to get <laughs> back in the director's chair and let him write the uh, script. That's what we do. That's what we have to do. So. Oh boy, but. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah. this has been, yeah, the Connery films are quality-wise, this is one of the more um, stable entries, yeah. because it, it gets... They're the, most, uh, they're the most rewatchable anyway, like, 
I know for a bunch of people, Goldfinger is their favorite Bond, and you can tell why. Yeah, but, uh, it's fun. Yeah. It's stupid as shit, but it's incredibly entertaining. <laughs> I mean, when you hear someone drop the line, my name is Pussy Galore, you gotta have... Oh, yeah. you, got, you, you can't approach that with any kind of cynicism. You gotta just go with it. Yeah, we decided not to talk about all of these movies, because there's 25 of them, and because we're a fortnightly podcast, we would be here literally all year talking about them. And as we said, like, these widely varying quality. Uh, yeah, and uh, there's only so much you can say about Octopussy without yeah. wanting to put a gun to without your head. Making, uh, or making uh, obvious uh, cliche jokes. So. Yeah. So, uh, yep. Join us next time for uh, whatever we decide to do because uh, we've, uh, we've got some ideas and a lot of time to kill. So have fun. 20. Your move, Mr. Bond. I'll take a hit, dealer. Joker, you were supposed to take those out of the deck. Oh, sorry. Here's another one. What is this card? Rules for drawn stud poker. What a pity, Mr. Bond. But, but it was Homer's fault. I didn't lose. I never lose. Well, at least tell me the details of your plot for world domination. <laughs> I'm not going to fall for that one again. <laughs>